Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Best of Five, a weekly FGC talk show presented by these handsome gentlemen you see before you that and are Efren. not shaving in the month of November. <laughs> I'm Efren, your host. With me, also not shaving in the month of November, is Michael Donka Schiller. Also not shaving is John Velociraptor Guerrero. He writes for VanHubs.com. Also not shaving is Steve, his <laughs> king, Havsu Durek. How's it going, bud? <laughs> Screw you guys <laughs> so much. <laughs> So very, very much. <laughs> hey, man, it, I, I see a little bit of stubble. Yeah, right there where you're scratching, I see a little too. Um... This is the best I can do. <laughs> it's okay. I have you. a disease. You have to hair your ass in all of this. You more than make up for it. Um, How do you know this, first of all? Well, you keep Second sending us those, all, those pictures. The subs get to get the early access. They, they know all about what I'm talking about. Everyone's oh, subject no. to channel to see Steve's ass. Let's go. Um, tonight on the show... Did we mention this show is about fighting games? <laughs> this show is about fighting games. And tonight on the show, we're going to give you the, one of them recaps that uh, our bearded friend Steve... I don't Steve, know if he's ready. <laughs> we're going to have a recap. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. And we'll probably spend about at least an hour talking about how Ryan Reynolds voicing Pokemon... Poke Pikachu is the worst thing that's ever happened. Is it? Probably. I'm not. And then, Steve, I hate to put you on the spot. I know we didn't talk about this ahead of time. But I am going to ask you to be very detailed and give us clinching scenarios for players going into the CPT. Uh, Capcom Cup. I think I can do that. You sure? Sorry to put you Pretty on the spot. I, I, can, I, can, I can make it happen. All right. Um, why don't we go ahead and start with a recap, Steve? Uh, let's do that. Uh, there was a bit that went down this past weekend, starting with my, uh, where did it go? I closed the wrong window. I apologize. That's okay. Uh, we'll just wait here in silence while you uh, call that back up. I mean, John's okay. already texting his girl, probably. I'm on the chat. Cool. So am I. All right. Here we go. Sorry about that. Uh, Gfinity continued over in the UK with its third week of regular season play, and the word of the day was beat down. Every single match was a 4-0 wash. Excel and Vitality picked up wins in Group A. Fnatic and Nordovin picking up wins in Group B. What does that mean to the table? Well, uh, it means you've got, on both sides, two teams on two wins, two teams on one win, and one team still looking to get that first victory of the season. Uh, just two rounds left before the playoffs uh this week is actually an off week for gfinity they return uh on black on the 24th so the weekend after thanksgiving did you were you trying to say black friday i was but then i realized that it takes place on saturday hey shout outs to uh mag negro for uh the sub and also also uh deltron and die by sword hey deltron die by sword Um, Dinosaur, have you ever subbed on us before? That sounds like a new name. I don't think I've ever heard that one before. Um, <laughs> shout out Welcome to the chat. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Um, now, Steve, for anybody who is the first time we're hearing about this and don't actually know, what is the Gfinity Elite Series? Uh, Gfinity is a team-based Street Fighter competition. It's actually uh, three different games. Street Fighter, uh, I forget what the second one was, but the third one is FIFA. Uh, Rocket League, excuse me. So it's uh, Rocket League, Street Fighter, and uh, FIFA. Uh, They have teams. They play in a round robin. 
top two from each group uh, advance to the playoffs. Uh, there's a top four champion is crowned in each game and then an overall uh, championship crowned across all three games. They actually just started a version for Australia a few weeks ago as well. And uh, where can you watch it? It's on Facebook. Mm. Uh, it is not on Twitch. Uh, they are. They do also broadcast over the air uh, in the UK. I believe Jinx TV has it as well if you have that uh, in your cable package. I know it was the case last season. I'm not 100% sure about this season. Okay, thank you very much for that uh, <clears throat> information on Gfinity Elite Series Season 4. All right, well, let's bounce to perhaps my favorite tournament name of all time, Donka's favorite too, <laughs> Climax of Night. <laughs> it, it's a great name. It's a perfect name for this. Uh, this was a major that was focused on the French bread games, so uh, Dengeki, Bunko, Fighting Climax, Melty Blood, Unist. Uh, you saw they had players from Japan come out as well clear lamp being one of those he took it over red blade grand final uh sanaru making top four but finishing behind a couple of american players uh you had uh excuse me tamaki winning uh dbc or the dfci i always get that confused because i want to call it dbfc but uh but yeah it was a pretty exciting event uh if you did get to watch it and uh Afterwards, after the Eunice tournament, uh, the developer came on and said that there was going to be some surprising news coming out for Eunice in the near future. So be on the lookout for that. What do you, what do you, what do you guys think it could be? John? <laughs> I wasn't listening. What? <laughs> Under I just birthday. realized that I'm the only one of us in the chat that doesn't have a sword, and that's not okay with me. I mean, what I, do I want to tell you? <laughs> You know, I'm thinking, honestly, the way fighting games have gone, we're going to see some form of guest character. I mean, we've seen all the crossovers with what Tekken's doing with Blaze Blue, Cross Tag, uh, even with uh, KOF, you know, Terry Bogard appearing in, like, every other fighting game out there. So now, there's I, some I, minor crossover in Unist already. There's crossover from their own game in... Um... God, what's her name? Elton Eltnum. And then Akatsuki is from a different game, Akatsuki Blitzkampf. But yes, it would be interesting to see like a, a true crossover. Agreed. <laughs> Thank Jesus you for that John. Uh let's kick it over to Tekken. Uh Tekken World Tour is dark on tour until the TWT finals at the beginning of December, but you did have the International Esports Fe Federation hosting their 10th annual World Championship. Uh, Tekken was part of that lineup, and you see a name up top that maybe you don't expect to see, Sora, uh, winning the gold medal for Saudi Arabia, taking over Hakayo in uh, 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 the grand final. Chanel finishing third, meaning that for the two years that ISF has hosted Tekken 7, uh, Korean players have not won either year. So a bit of a surprise uh, if you, you know, to a lot of people. But Sora, very strong player, 
made uh, just missed top 16 uh, at, I want to say, the Japanese master event. Um, is this your spelling or their spelling of International Esports Festival? With the lowercase e? I take issue with it, yes. That That's is, how I write it in every that is article. Well, you write for Event Hub, so it sounds about right. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, what? Moving on. There goes the last of our retreats. Uh, <laughs> there was one CPT event this past weekend. It was the online tournament, the last online tournament ever uh, for this year's <laughs> tournament. The last one ever. We're all done. Yeah, this is <laughs> ominous. Yeah, online closed. No more internet. <laughs> internet is done. Uh, Punk getting a much-needed win uh, this weekend. Coming back from the loser's bracket to beat Knuckle Doo in the grand final. Idom finishing third. Uh, I want to point out, Mike Too Strong and Mojo, two Minnesota players in top 12. Minnesota nice right there. Uh that, that, that's all I can hang That's what people hat. come here for is the unbiased uh, coverage recaps, Steve. Thank you. I can't hang my hat on my own achievements. I have to to ride the coattails of others. Uh, something <laughs> that... got top 25 at Evo one time. <laughs> that's good, isn't it? <laughs> you were talking... Wait, Tom, I'm going to take a little aside here. You were saying, man, I don't give a shit about Stan Lee being dead. I wish you had died sooner. Wow. <laughs> yeah, this is that, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna take ownership to it. And then I was Let's thinking go. to myself, if it wasn't for Stanley, you wouldn't have made top 32 in an Evo title. How about that? How how did we get there? That was quite we... the the jump. Um, but <laughs> thanks, Stanley. I guess not really. <laughs> Yeah, we brought it up in the chat, and Doc has said he just spat on the ground at the mention of the guy's name. <laughs> That's what happened. Was what? it not? <laughs> That's what happened. I, I don't understand what's happening here. I'm just telling people Probably the truth. Probably just doesn't care about a legend. All right. Um, does Marvel vs. Capcom even have like Capcom char- Marvel characters anymore? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't even know. Like, Why didn't... Well, X- there's no X-Men. There you go. Ilan, you were telling us in the chat... The same chat wherein Donka said he wished Stanley had died sooner, that there was a lot of issues with this online tournament. Could you recap some of those issues as you saw them? Sure. Uh, so this online tournament is free entry uh, via Smash GG, which is a great, and as we've been learning for the past couple years with these online tournaments, also a terrible thing. I'm going to pull up the graphic here. If you look at that bottom left, uh, Steve made the calculation that 64 we're going we're gonna to round that up to 65. Basically two-thirds. Yeah, two-thirds of the matches in this entire tournament ended in DQs with people not showing up and not checking in. I wonder what the furthest someone made it was without playing a match. Like, what was the best placement someone got through pure buy positioning? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the absolute furthest, but there were about 200 entrants in this tournament. There was someone who only played two matches, lost both of them and got uh just missed top 64 that's so sick so i mean this is something we've talked about a several I mean, almost every time we have an ni online tournament and we've gone like at least 20 to 30 minutes on an episode before about it and i guess my issue at this point isn't that it's happening i think at some level it's partially unavoidable 
It's that absolutely nothing seems to have been done to change it. You were saying that you cut them slack in this regard. I do cut them slack. And I was slack. surprised to hear you say that. Well, I cut them slack. Is it because you yourself, when you entered one of these online tournaments, no-showed? Sure. However, the, the fact of the matter is, it's hard to make these paid tournaments because people are going to be upset about paying to play sure. online. Especially with, you know, like the, the narrative on the net code at this point, the narrative on the amount of DQs, organization and online atmosphere in the first place. Unless Capcom wants to go ahead and either use some software that locks you in or create one, it's going to be very difficult to keep track of things in a way that makes people happy to be paying for it. However, if you're not going to pay for it, you get the problem where people sign up because they can, and then you get this many DQs. And so it's, it's going to be really difficult for them to fix that, but I'd like to see some sort of move or some sort of statement. Because obviously you're wasting a lot of people's time and a lot, a lot of hours sitting through these DQs. 66% is just too much. Yeah, There's got to be a way to be better than that. Yeah, and I do have another, uh, not necessarily a counterpoint, but maybe a different perspective from it, is if you start charging for these tournaments, you're going to get less entrance. And what looks better to an investor, like whether they don't know that 64% uh, of the people didn't show up and still have 200 entrants for an online tournament or less entrance? I don't think Capcom would ever fudge the numbers like that. And, yeah, and let people not. Know I think there should be some sort of. I mean, maybe there should be some sort of check-in a couple hours before, and then they remake the brackets after that. I mean, there's got to be something because I'm guessing if you did even a minor passover like that, where an hour before the event you had to check in again, and then they remade the brackets, that would cut out a lot of these DQs. Would it cut out all of them? Most certainly not. Would it make it less than sixty-six percent? I think so. I mean, there's there's answers here. And another well, thing, that sixty-six is is actually like i mean it, that doesn't mean that that many people were gone right because the, these dqs are like twice right because there's a winners and a losers match so it'd be like well, what a third of the people didn't show up something well, like that. It, no it's not quite like that because there were a ton of matches where neither player showed up and they both dq'd uh -huh. and they uh adv had to advance one because otherwise yeah. the tournament wouldn't work so that? it's legit I, if if i had to estimate i'd say about Maybe fifty-five to sixty-five percent of the entrants did not show up at all. Now, what I wonder is, you know, would that would there be any sort of interest in changing the sign-up process so it's only you can only sign up like the day of? Because I know there were a bunch that of people might work who signed too, up yeah. early, and now that they essentially have very little to no chance of making Capcom Cup, they don't. Uh, they decide they don't want to make it, uh, or they, you know, don't plan their day around it. Something else comes up. So if you limit it to say, hey, you can only sign up the day before or the day of from like 8 to 12, and then the bracket's ready by 1, you know, something like that. I don't know. And well, it feels the check-in feature takes care of that, doesn't it? Like, I mean, because Smash GG, yeah, that's what you're talking about, right, Mike? Yeah, I think they have some sort of... Yeah, well, for no, they, um, the the midweek throwdown, the 2080 or, or whatever they are, um, esports tournament that's like just like a weekly online. Uh, for those, you have to check in. Like even if you signed up, you have to check in like an hour before the tournament starts. And if you don't do that, they don't actually put your name into the bracket. It's like we already have the technology to deal with all this stuff. It's just that it, you know the people that are running the tournaments or setting them up didn't have the foresight or the wherewithal to. to properly like set it up but the tools right there well stick man what we're saying is if you don't check in you don't you you get removed from the bracket 
Yeah, the point, never, never the, the point of the in. process is the check-in would be a second pass over the bracket. Yeah. And the, the reason why this is such a big issue is that each one of those mat matches with one or both players DQ'd is 10 minutes. It's 10 minutes. It's 10 minutes. And, I mean, imagine you. that this tournament so, matters to you, which for, you know, like a, a solid 20 to 30 <clears throat> of these people, it might. And you see that one of the other guys that this matters to DQ'd, I mean, got, got a free pass all the way to top 32. Meanwhile, you had to play every single one of your matches. That sucks. That's something that could be avoided. And it, it seems really, really unfair based on... And I think these, these tournaments basically get automatically seeded based on Smash GG's use of the Capcom Pro Tour seeding. And that's been a good system. And it's worked to make tournaments like EVO slightly better seeded than they were before. And... If one of those guys doesn't show up because they don't think they're going to make Capcom Cup, like Steve said, I mean, it just really, really messes things up. And it's bad, and it's bad on the point of the players who don't sign up, but it's the job of whoever's running the tournament to make sure that this doesn't become the roadblock it is. Yeah. Is, this an mean, issue? is this an issue with other regions? Like, can we get, like, maybe... I think we're is, the worst. Yeah, but. It, it might be a cultural thing, right? Because I think, like, in the Asia uh, online tournaments and even in the European online tournaments, like, it wasn't this bad. Steve? Well, here, I can actually... Uh, Take a quick peek if you want to. Yeah, in, uh, in the meantime, what if there was? I mean, everybody who's playing in this tournament most likely plays online, obviously. Um, what if there was a? Uh, you had to put in some fight money to get in. Just put some skin in the game, but not actual money. <laughs> Although you can make now, the argument that fight money the, relates. Yeah, to real that money. that opens the door to this is not just a tournament. This is now gambling, and that could be. A vi that's a road that I don't think so Capcom or any because you're 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 risking something that has some sort of financial value. In the same way that if you enter a tournament, you're risking your your entry. Right, but seems seems like the same thing to me. Right, but you know if if you have a physical tournament, you can verify right there that the entrant is <clears throat> at least 13 years old, at least. 18 years old has parental permission. I don't know if you can necessarily do that here. Even if it is possible, I mean, part of the problem is just that fight money is like a, a null and void currency. I think in a situation where it was like Fortnite and like their in-game currency is relevant in some way, like it might make more sense. But unfortunately here, it's like you can only gain fight money by like playing online or like... Yeah, and imagine I mean, somebody like Punk not having enough fight money to yeah, enter the would, tournament. <laughs> you know, uh, that'd, yeah. be, that'd be kind of weird. I'm just so, trying to think of some way to get them to have so the players or interest to have skin in the game where it's like, oh, shit, I'm not going to just put this up and then walk away. So just initial Passover uh, from the last Asia online tournament looks like about 25 to 30 percent Still not great. of opening round matches were DQs. Now, you could do something you could do something along the lines of what you're saying. Maybe maybe if you enter an online tournament and don't withdraw and then DQ, you forfeit yourself from future online tournaments. And that would be a way to stop people. There like, you go. There you have to at least, at least have to withdraw yourself if you're um, not going to be able to enter the tournament beforehand. Just something. I don't, I don't know if it has to be that. I like the check-in idea or the sign-up-the-day-of idea. I think those work a little better. But I mean, they have to I implement see, something. Yeah, I don't see why the check-in feature isn't just like the, the answer to this. Right. I mean, like these other these other ideas are totally valid. But I mean, if you're going to play in a tournament, you show up, uh, you check in just like you would at a real tournament and then you participate. 
You know, they take roll call at every single major and whatnot, like before they start pools. So why would online have to be any different? And then you just don't make it into the bracket. Problem solved. And here's another thing. I really don't think this is going to change just because those entrant numbers, I think, are very, are very, is a very powerful metric for investors. Yeah, I, I don't think they, they care that much either. They don't put and, that much into running these. They want entrant numbers. They don't get money either way. I don't think they have enough reason, and I don't think the community being mad has ever swayed them before, to be honest. So, And on top of that, you know, it seems like with a lot of decisions about how the tour is set up, they want they make it a point to be as inclusive as possible. They have events in so many different countries, so many different places where they put their stamp on it and say, hey, you're part of the Capcom Pro Tour, you know. Getting everyone involved is a key thing for them, and so I don't think they're necessarily going to put big uh, roadblocks to getting people to compete online. So I think this, at least in their eyes, is the lesser of two evils. That was actually the last event of the year before the NA Finals. So we're heading into, yeah, we've got one chance left to earn Capcom Pro Tour points this season. Uh, let's take a look at the North American standings. After this weekend, you after this past weekend, you have six of the eight finalists in the CPT finals, or in the North American finals, clinched. Uh, Idom, Toy, and Nephew join Punk, Justin, and Knuckledoo. Uh, you've got two more spots left. Chris T on the outside looking in right now. Alex Myers, Terrence, uh, CJ Truth, Brian F. All those guys are going to be at the open premiere, so they have a chance to get to play their way into the finals. And looking at the global standings, which everyone is worried about, no players clinched officially, so we're still at 24 of the 32 set. Uh, Momochi very, very close. Punk, who was right along that border, now has a bit of breathing room. Chris T, now the last person in. Nemo, as it stands right now, the first person out. But uh, we'll talk about that more in depth uh, later in the show. Is it too early to talk? Now, it seems like Chris T would have a tough time not making it, right? Because even if he dropped below, he'd probably be the next in line. That's assuming someone who is above the line wins the NA Finals. Oh, yeah, so, that's I mean, true. And there are set, there's going to be a good handful of people in the NA Finals who are not qualified. Yeah, and, and we've seen before, you know, even if you have a favorite uh, or a couple favorites, those guys who are playing do or die, yeah, in do-or-die situations, they, they come up with big moments all the time. So I would not, you know, in normal tournaments, you know, you might bet the farm on do or Justin winning a, an event like this. In this situation, I'm not so sure. Yeah, the NA final is going to be really exciting. Uh, are we talking about uh, Christie's ability to make it or not? Yeah, he's he's not as far unless something changed. I think I saw it yesterday. He was saying that he can't make it to Capcom Cup, right? I mean, sorry, to not Capcom Cup. He can't make it to the uh, last chance qualifier and. Um, or the North American. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm... I have the tweet right here, brother. So I'm yeah. unable to attend the North America premiere, so I have to depend on Knuckledoo, Justin Wong, or Punk to win the North American regional finals for me to qualify for Capcom Cup. Here we go again, please. Now, he was asked, why not? And he gave a very thorough answer. 
Something has come up that requires my attention. I mean, that's fair. I mean, it probably might not be something that he can answer to, but or or wants to. Which yeah, is, that's know. that's a, that's a crappy feeling. It's not that simple. I mean, no one. He's still technically in points wise. <laughs> now it, it's likely someone could pass him, but we'll and, see. And yeah. we're gonna talk about clinching scenarios. Sorry to put you on the spot, Steve. I know you weren't ready, but uh, we'll talk about clinching scenarios later. Will Chris T be mentioned in that? Yes, he will. In that thing that you're not prepared for. <laughs> yes, that I totally did not spend this afternoon writing up. Hey, uh, shout out to Dabby Sword for um, the countless subs that he's given this channel via other people, including Please No Bully and our very own Bearded No Shave November. I just keep forgetting, and he remembers before I do. Yeah, I'll give this. Yeah, I'll give someone else a sub. All right, thank um, you. So we're looking at the Capcom Pro Tour standings. What else have we got here before we move First on? First person to guess my favorite. Color. Basic color. Primary or secondary. <laughs> Primary? There's three. Like, like, I'm just saying it's one of those six colors. Like, just guess one of those six. They said green. Haven't seen it yet. Blue. <laughs> Gay pink says res <laughs> to water. All right. Hellacious, 1789. I will give you a sub later. Orange. You would. All right. So, um, moving on. Congratulations. All right. Uh, there was one more event this past weekend. Kind of a big deal. You might have heard of it. Red Bull Kumite. Uh, it kicked off with the last chance qualifier. Uh, you, it was originally supposed to be two players, uh, but it got extended to three. Uh, so Hot Dog, Gachikun, and Junior Leo ended up getting, taking the top three spots. They made it to the main event on Sunday. Big Bird once again, one spot short. Um it, it, it's been he, he's been so close he finally got through uh you know not too long ago to make capcom cup but yeah we've seen him time and time again get so close to where he wants to be and and, and fall just short so hard not to pull for him in this situation but, now uh this event if i'm not mistaken wasn't even a part of the cpt right it's no. just a badass no. rebel event yeah mm -hmm. and they yeah, show that you can put on a non-cpt event that people care about. i mean red bull really Kicks ass in this realm here, arena, if you will. That was for you. That was, that was for you, John. No. <laughs> okay, no, moving on. Uh, and then you had the main event on Sunday, uh, and it came down to Fujimura and Problem X, and this one what went the way of Fujimura taking it over the the UK star in the grand final to win uh, the six thousand euro grand prize. It's about $6,500 last time I checked. Uh, Daigo, Daigo finishing third. Nemo making fourth. How about Smug, though? Smug, top U.S. finisher uh, alongside Luffy uh, for, for fifth place. Strong weekend for him. He's good to always see him. been so good in these invitational tournaments. I remember yeah, he right. won South by Southwest like a year ago. He got second at E-League. Now he was the highest playing finisher here. It seems almost strange that in an event where you're playing versus only the best players, you'd be doing better than you are in open events. But maybe that says something to the way he prepares for players or the fact that, you know, good players don't shake his nerves. Something. But, I mean, it doesn't seem to be coincidence at this point that Smug is really, really overperforming in comparison to his open tournament performance in these invitations. So my question is, does this make Fujimura the favorite heading into Capcom Cup? Because you saw Tokido 
uh, getting seventh. Those two, and then now those two have the what I would consider the on the year basis for being being considered the favorites, and then Problem X, giving some recency bias, would be right there too. Those three make up my my top finishers. But there's a lot of people that you're that people aren't necessarily thinking of that have been doing really well, really consistently, like Luffy, who has had a really strong end of the season, really consistently yeah. making top eight and beating good players. Fudo has really picked it up. There's a more than any Capcom Cup I remember, despite the fact that it never ends up being the favorite who wins. This one, it's hard to even choose a favorite at all. Yeah, but like Fuji, going just back to the early Fujimura Tokido thing, Fujimura gets red hot and he he like ascends up to being the best player in the world on some random weekends, you know, and and like and no one can touch him. But he also cools off and stays cool for a while, and so it's like. He doesn't have – he's consistent, you know, to here. And then sometimes he goes way up here, but he doesn't have consistency up here. And so it's like maybe he just blew his load and he's not going to be ready for Capcom Cup. Maybe he comes back by Capcom Cup and, and just lands on that as one of his really good days. But Tokido has an off day about as often as Fujimura has an amazing day, you know, or weekend, I should say. And so, yeah, Tokido didn't work out for him this time. Um, but I with his consistency – it's it's hard to still bet against them, you know. See, here's here's the thing. You've got you've got that obvious top tier. You know, Takedo's gonna be there, Fujimura's gonna be there, Fudo, you know, he's always in the mix for grand finals. But then you've got the player you know, problem X as well, especially this year. Uh, but then you've got the guys who you don't necessarily think of as as you know, the top 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 guys. But they'll absolutely be there. Uh, someone like Akaba, who could absolutely—you yep. saw what he could do with it, with his guile. It's absolutely nasty. He could do some damage. Someone like an Oil King, who's been there all around, all year. Big long. Bird, who beat Tokido. I mean, Angry Shao Bird Hai playing a character on no one plays. Day, yeah, Shao Hai on his day can hang with anybody. It's just—it's ridiculous. It is so wide open this year, more so I feel this year than in any years past. Um, Shoutouts to uh, Vicious who just subbed. Yay! Gets the twins. Okay, I, so uh, I, I, mean, I think we can save a little bit of this discussion uh, for when we talk about the uh, unplanned segment on. Clinching situations, but shout outs to Gachikun. Let's talk about that. Gachi. Gachikun. Gachikun. Um Ace, Steve, thank you for uh subbing. Um for getting picked up by Red Bull. Gachikun got picked up by Red Bull is the topic at hand. John, long time coming. He was like the highest ranked Player it was amazing that Gachikun hasn't, yes, exactly, that he hasn't been sponsored already. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't see any kind of argument against them. I mean, just, he plays Rashid, dude. Like, <laughs> he's already really good. And then also, he's a really good player that plays Rashid. And he's proven it over and over again. And while he hasn't been taking down premier events, um, he's always right there. And it's never been weird to see Gachikun finish in the top eight. You're like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. And you could see Gachikun winning in the tournament and go, yeah, that's not that weird. It makes total sense. And so the only thing that doesn't make sense is the fact that nobody picked him up and started giving him money to go to these tournaments and rep their name because 
he's a very recognizable name in the Street Fighter Five world. So good for him. Um, good catch by Red Bull. They're continuing to grow their, um, you know, their strength. And like you said, like Luffy's getting better and such. And um, you know, and then there's Bonchan. Uh, but I think it's a good look for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I would love to one day uh, hear the the team signing philosophy behind Red Bull versus Echo Fox. I'm still on that because, you know, Echo Fox came in hard, let them all, and then dropped a bunch. But if I'm not mistaken, like, Snake Eyes is still a Red Bull athlete. Is that right? Yeah. And, and um, you know, everybody loves Snake Eyes, but he hasn't been performing at the level you would expect. It's certainly not his Street Fighter Four heyday um, and not the beginning of Street Fighter Five uh, performances that he was having. I do know this about Snake Eyes. I don't Laid know about anybody me. else. I do know that he actually does work. For Red Bull too. Oh, in what capacity? I think he. he uh, mm-hmm. I know. I think mm-hmm. it's like partnership management, something or other, where like he'll go to places and then speak on Red Bull as a company. But but you you would expect that from any of the Red Bull athletes, right? But not if I don't know. I mean, I'm curious. Maybe yeah. we should just ask I ju- him. I just know that about him. Maybe we should get him on the show again. I don't know. Or yes. maybe not. I don't know. I, I, it's very hard to follow. Any of it, and a lot of it comes down to the fact that these are giant companies that hire people to hire people to hire people to choose these roles, and it takes a long path up the command chain to to decide what gets chosen. And esports are new, so that's why things are weird. Yeah, yeah, and you've got you know, Gachikun was one of he was the top ranked player in the uh, CPT standings who didn't have a sponsor. So now we've only got, you know, of the top 50, there's only, I think, eight. There's a graphic in there. Uh, I think, yeah, eight. Um, you know, Momochi obviously was yeah. with uh, Echo Fox. Brolinho was sponsored. Uh, cool Kid was, uh, he was just with ESE for the, for the uh, couple of events there. Uh, but yeah, you've got some names here that add some value. But I mean, this is it. Outside the top fifty, this is it right now for free agents. So and the one that's uh, for sure or most likely to make it in is Momochi, right? He's is he in or not yet? We'll talk about well, that, I guess. When hey, we put our... that list back up. We should block grab five of those guys. <laughs> <and get> sponsorships. <laughs> All right, uh, Team Donka All Stars. Block or grab Mago. You get five of them. Five? See, I, I get five yeah. out of the eight. Yeah. yeah. So three you can't you can't sponsor. Wait, wait, wait. Hit me with the block grab graphic if we're doing this. Oh, Sorry. I mean, Mago, Mago's pretty lovable. Um, block grab. Mago's pretty lovable, but he never does well at big events. Um, I don't know what. I don't know if that'll ever change at this point. So I'm gonna block. And be sure to play along in the chat. With a BOV block or a BOV grab, capital B. Actually, I'm going to have to grab, though, because he gets a shout-out from every top player. Like, any, Tokido, like, you know, won Evo and was like, it was all Mago. Oh, so you want him on the team so, so I want him on the team because he gets some, yeah. like, tertiary shout-outs at all times because he's apparently the best casuals player on the universe. And, uh, so I'll grab. I'll, potentially I'll grab. he would help, like, raise the, yes. the, the tide of your team. thing ever to be is the best casuals player. So, <laughs> like, you're bodying Tokido and Daigo on your Thursday night casuals, but then you guys go to Evo and you get 49th while they're, like, Yeah, he loses. To, he literally lost to, like, a gold-ranked Nikali. It was really sad. Dude, we're getting he some blocks in two years ago. Now, right. is he – does he top Marn – or does he top Flo for uh, greatest casual player of all time? 
I mean, Flo's more extreme in the sense that he literally doesn't like enter tournaments at all. I'm guessing that, I mean, sorry to Flo, I'm guessing Mago's probably better. But... Mago's kind of a rock star, too. But yeah. Steve, right, block or grab on uh, the Bearded Steve Mega Team Mago. We're, we're, we're bringing back uh, Raven's Claw Esports hashtag okay. feel the claw hashtag caw caw. <laughs> um, I, I, I got I to grab. You know, Mago is tremendous player. Be an asset to any team. Put the, put the, <laughs> nice. put the names back up. I got to look at them again real quick. We should probably lightning round this. Yeah, no, we're going to spend yeah. like at least four or five minutes on it. <laughs> um, um, I'll grab. Okay, so what was you? Uh, did you have him on your team or not, Steve? Uh, yeah. All I three of y'all got Mago on there. Sorry, Alon, okay. you and Momochi I are not playing on grab. this. Everyone grabs Momochi. Momochi's a grab for all three, probably. Yeah, it seems like the easiest choice of anyone on this okay. entire list. Dunk all stars. Momochi, block or grab? Grab. Okay, Steve, uh, Team Ravenclaw, hashtag Kaka, esports team, uh, Momochi blocker grab. Uh, Momochi grab. And uh, Velociraptor School for grab. the Gifted, blocker grab. <laughs> Momochi. It's a, oh, James McAvoy, great. Is this just all grabs? Yes, we yeah, already Momochi said that. Is. All right, well, well we what I'm saying is you got to have some kind of... Uh, I'm going to be brutally honest, and it's going to sound me. We had to go fast on these. Berlini, I'm going to block. We're going to like tell us the two, tell us the three that don't get in. How about that? Yeah, that that sounds so okay. Tell us the three that do. Left on this roster, I'm drafting Machabo, Idom. The last one's tough. I'm going to take Machabo, Idom, and Nephew. That's my exact list. I'm sorry, Berlino, cool kid, and CJ. You guys are good. But I like these other guys. Nephew plays uh, a different character. He's consistently innovative with that character, and he's young. He's going to get better. I have hopes for him in the future. Idom is a god, and mm -hmm. Machibo is also a god. Steve? I would, I would actually go with Brolinho because I think Latin America needs some more uh, respect on the global oh, stage, and he's a guy that can, pick, that can do that. Uh, I would go Cool Kid, too. He is so hungry for this, and I think he's the type of player that if he gets an opportunity, he is going to do everything he can results-wise to make sure that he doesn't lose it. And then that third pick, I'd probably go Idom because you know what? Stoop Kid. I was a big Hey Arnold fan. Stoop yeah. Kid leaves the stoop. He, he makes things happen. But over Machabo? Over, you know, it's not even just... And that's the thing with sponsorship. It's not just a numerical list of this person has 1,000 sponsorship points. He deserves to be sponsored before X, Y, or Z. It's all about what you want your team to be, what fit uh, they are with your organization. So someone like Machibo would be a great catch, but you know, it might not be the best fit for my team because I have different goals. All right, fine, Steve, but you're wrong. Lightning round over. The biggest thing I'll say about Idom is that Almost. I think he needs to switch characters because I think yeah, Laura's trash. But, Hot take. Yeah, but the, she, yeah, I'm not going to get into it. But I, you're you just wrong don't want too. Cool Kid on there because you don't want to give away. You don't want to be a part of DLC. Abigail money. Yeah. Giving away Chun-Li DLC costumes. All right. Um, thanks for speeding us through that, Mike. 
What's the next topic, Steve? Uh, let's see. Uh, Dreamhack India? The, How about that? Yeah, let's talk about Dreamhack India. It's this about time, am I right? This was announced uh, this past week by, uh, excuse me, by Jabali, who is the uh, fighting game lead for Dreamhack. Uh, they announced Dreamhack Mumbai uh, earlier this year, and now they announced that there will be a KO stage as part of Dreamhack uh, Mumbai. And that will include Street Fighter V, Tekken 7, and Smash Brothers Ultimate. So one of the first major global tournaments for Smash Ultimate is going to be in Mumbai. Weren't you guys complaining just last week about how DreamHack Austin and other uh, DreamHack events like Atlanta like are shafting the FGC and that there's not enough room for the like relative to other esports that are there? I, well, I never got into that. Yeah, the, the, there's a difference between there's not room on the Capcom Pro Tour because the the U.S. tournament market is crowded. Absolutely, uh, but I I like seeing. You know these bigger events, these more established name brands, reaching out into areas like this, and it's not like India has no esports scene. I mean, you've had in Tekken alone, you had Tejan and you had Loveneat. Both Indian players do very well at Tekken World Tour events this year. Uh, Street Fighter Five, you're seeing players from all over do some damage in that game. Uh, Smash, you know, we're talking about a game that's going to be two, three weeks old. Anything can happen there. So I, I this builds into what I've been saying, is that right now there are more places filled with killers in or potential killers in games than any other point in history. Yeah, so and I think... to see great players everywhere. I think you're right. I think Tekken World Tour has done a better job like or done a good job at least representing some of these smaller countries in these games and we've had you know sensations like book come out because of the focus on these kinds of events and i think that's a really big deal and i think having a tournament in india for fighting games is going to be great um and i hope we have more tournaments like this that aren't on the same weekends as other tournaments in countries like the u.s or major european countries etc can't be a bad thing. I just don't see how this could be a bad thing. Absolutely. Um, anything else you want to say? I mean, it's cool that Jabali, he was real proud of it, and I feel like Jabali puts a lot of love into his um, events, and his partnership with DreamHack, everything he's got picked up has yielded a lot of good things for the FGC, so shout-outs to him and his efforts, and it should be cool to see it. Yeah, we'll get to see more talent that we otherwise wouldn't see. You already talked about Climax of Night, didn't you? I did, but I kind of wanted to mention, you know, because I think that that events like this could be a big part of the future of the FGC. You know, as I mentioned, this was a tournament that was focused on French bread games. So these are games that don't necessarily get the main event spotlight very often, but they are games that have a have no, no, pretty no, good turnouts. Yeah, I mean, you had good turnout for Eunice at Combo Breaker and other events. You know, DBS, I mean, you look at the things that uh, Blaze Blue Tag is doing right now. Uh, I, I really feel like, you know, we, we talked about the crowded market. There's room for events like this 
uh, where the focus is on a particular community or a subset of the community. Because, I mean, you're going to have like 50 tournaments a weekend across the country that have Street Fighter, Tekken, Smash, you know, nothing wrong with those events. But if you're a TO and you are looking for uh, an area for success, look at events like this. Look at events like Too Fast or Too Old, Too Furious. Look at what CEO Taku has done in a few years. There are so many games right now that have communities and turnouts that are deserving of main event slots in, you know, in various weekends that aren't necessarily getting that love at events at your big events. So there's room for to What's the viewership. Like, were you able to, to notice that? I did not get a look at the viewership, unfortunately, but um, I saw a bunch of clips. I was able to catch a very little bit, bit of it live. Uh, but it seemed to do pretty well uh, in terms of attention on social media uh, turnout. The they had they they the fan the people that were there were so appreciative. They actually cleaned up the lobby before Eunice Grand Finals to make sure that they didn't put any stress on the tos. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, you know if they're getting if they're getting the viewership numbers, I bet you this doesn't go away. And I bet you that eventually the the esports kind of suits turn the direction their eyes to um, to these level of uh, or to these titles, I should say, because there there will be money there, you know. And so if they can hold out and keep going long enough, so that you know the the fighting game genre of esports grows, I think that there's a place at the table for them. If what you're saying here is is accurate, and I believe it is. I also like it. I, there's like there's. I think a lot of tournaments would do better to focus like this. I think there's a lot of tournaments where you have you know it's a Street Fighter Five tournament with a couple other sideshows that have eight or nine entrants, mostly pulling over from other games, and I think that leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And I think that when you do focus on on specific games, you make people happy and you make people who love those games come out, and it looks better. And it does better, and I think it puts more emphasis on the huge events like Combo Breaker that can actually pull off running 10 different events and make them, you know, a special experience for everyone, rather than every tournament trying to do it. I think that would be better. Now, the game or collection of games has to be big enough that it will, as John said, get some semblance of viewers. If you have a game and you try to run a tournament for it and no one comes, then it's like depressing in a different way. So it's a balance. It's knowing that your tournament's going to work out on some level. Um, but, you know, Climax of Night, going strictly for these French bread games, is, is pretty niche, and it worked out. So I think it's definitely a really good look for, for the future of tournaments like this. I mean, look at, look at the feeling, the complaints people have about EVO, you know, or about some of these other big tournaments where... People come out and they say, oh, their game's not respected. You know, even though there's a big tournament, it's just one of several big tournaments. So if you can take a community and give them the spotlight and and convince them, hey, you know, we're going to make you guys a star. Show up and just do what you do and, and we'll make it happen. And give them the opportunity to do that. They'll do it. Um, I think... If you're looking at something like like what uh, Vianality, Vianality did uh, with the NRS community, where 
Mortal Kombat X is still a main event game out there, despite it not getting play uh, many other places elsewhere. And it gets really good turnout there. So I I, I do think that events like this are going to be uh, a big part of the future of FGC tournaments. And and let's not forget that Unib, the the prequel to Unist, is a game that got screwed by the opposite. And when it didn't make Evo, despite being plainly the most popular anime game at the time when, you know, Evo let one anime game in a year, it, it lowered entrant levels for the game significantly. And so being able to have a system of tournaments that, you know, you don't need the Evo to get into is obviously, you know, good. Or, and not only don't need the Evo, but convinces Evo that, you know, you're worth it, et cetera. Whatever, whatever makes them consider that. We don't know yet. No one's figured it out. No one's cracked the code. And I, I think we're getting away from the idea that if a game makes Evo, it's made it. And if it right. doesn't, it yeah, hasn't. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you look at events like Combo Breaker, you look at, you know, that, like, if you're a Skullgirls fan, you have a bunch of Skullgirls heads who, year over year, choose Combo Breaker over Evo. And I, I think that you'll start seeing that if we see more and more of these these types of events. All right, guys, I'm going to change the subject on to you a little bit uh, to what everybody really wants to talk about. <laughs> this is real important. <clears throat> They gave Pikachu a voice, not the Pika Pika that you all know about, that you expected to hear. In fact, it's Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. Why? Two guys, a girl, and a pizza place, Ryan Reynolds. I can Reynolds. tell you exactly why. You want to know why? For everyone that's going to ask that question, and I get it, but think about it for two seconds, Steve. It's like I've Ryan thought about Reynolds it for, so for two days. In every in every sense of the word, he's everyone loves him, especially because Deadpool's setting records. He can do no wrong. He's America's little sweetheart, uh, and he has abs. Then you got uh, <laughs> he's Pokemon playing a fucking Go, CG character who gives he has abs, up, blowing up, um, and and Pokemon just as hot as ever. Hey, you want to make a bajillion dollars? Let's have Ryan Reynolds and Pikachu. And fuck you, you'll watch it. And guess what? We're going to because everybody is going. Ah, oh, man, I have no idea, but I'm somehow entranced. I'm somehow want to see this. And not everyone, but a lot of people are saying that and thinking that because it's like it's tugging on the heartstrings of your nostalgic childhood memories of playing the games, and you want to see how bad they screwed it up or something like that. But you will justify it. And you will go in. I don't care how weird the fuzzy Pokemon look or that this is just beneath you or Ryan Reynolds. It's like no one hates Ryan Reynolds. I love he's my man crush and has been for a long time. I'll I'll tell a little story, which is that I watched this trailer on my phone. Were you in the Um, sauna? No, I wasn't in the sauna this time. I was in the atrium. And watching this on my phone, but this time I didn't have headphones in, so I watched it without the sound because I figured, you know, you don't really need sound to watch a movie trailer. It's usually the same song playing over it, you know, maybe there's a narrator or whatever. And I watched it, and I was like, some of, you know, Pikachu's kind of cute, Jigglypuff looks scary, Greninja looks weird, but, like, Mr. Mime's kind of cool. It was like, okay, they got some things right, they got some things weird, whatever. I don't get why people hate this so much. Until someone was like, you idiot, you didn't even see it, watch it with the sound. I watched it with the sound, and wow. I mean, like, I want to be mad, but I can't help but feel it's some of my own personal bias, right? Like, maybe I just don't want Pikachu to have a voice, but it's fine that he has one, but God, it's fucking weird. Like, 
in the the anime or whatever, Meowth speaks English, and I assume in Japan he speaks Japanese. I don't know for <laughs> sure. Um, Safe assumption. But there's an explanation for it, and it's like a weird voice, right? It's like a Pokemon trying to speak English kind of voice, whereas Pikachu is just like straight up Ryan Reynolds. There's no like filter over it. There's no attempt at an accent. It's just Pikachu. Now, the explanation, I guess, is that like he's just saying Pika Pika, and our friend With the traditional Pikachu voice. And our friend can like He's hear like him telepathically. Of Pokemon. But yes. like why does he hear him telepathically as Ryan Reynolds? It just like feels like there could have been a better fit there. It feels like it could have been subtitled or like <laughs> uh, just something. It just is wrong and like I, Again, I don't know, know man. Please no bully Reynolds. says that Gilbert Gottfried should have done Pikachu like Iago from Aladdin. That would have been oh, way God. better. I would watch that one day one. Here's here's what I didn't like it, but I'll watch it. Here's what impresses me the most, or bothers me. I'm not a hundred percent sure yet. Imagine how big this is a Warner Brothers production, right? So imagine how big Warner Brothers is. Imagine (laughs) how big the Pokemon company is, and Nintendo. Just think of the sheer number of people who sat down to the pitch of, okay, there's this Pokemon who lives in the human world, and it's going to be CGI, and he talks to him, and we're going to get Deadpool to do it, and they're going to solve mysteries together, and it's going to be great. How many people had to sit there, listen to it, and say, yeah, you know what? That's a good idea. That will make us money. I, I, I don't understand it. You know, it will probably do... Millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Every kid's gonna see it. Every person our fan age of is Pokemon, of which there are quite it. a few. You'll take your kid to see it and probably do that twice. Like people, like this, the 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 demographic for this movie is huge. They have to do it in some weird way, right? Like the reason that all these live action animes are like in Tokyo or New York, and they're like city based instead of like trying to emulate the actual subject matter at hand is because if you're going to try to put humans out in like pallet town walking in thick grass like you might as well just make the movie drawn because it's going to look fucking weird so they try to have to try to make it human but i feel like it's a really weird thing to get right and it's very rarely done and most of these live action movies are hated we'll see this i really don't know like we just don't know enough but it looks that's the thing that's the thing. Like, if you look at any other video game adaptation, uh, you can instantly tell it's going to suck. This one, it like it doesn't scream, "Oh, it's going to suck." It's obviously not going to win any Oscars, but it looks like an okay movie, which is like on the scale of I've warmed up to it Yui a little Bowl bit. To Yui Bowl is amazing. Yeah. Look. Ryan Reynolds, like him or not, his vocal comic delivery is very consistent. Like, that's what's won him over. Plus we get that. it. You like him, John. I'm you know saying what? This is a fighting game podcast. Good. Is no it? Smash talk. Let's talk about Smash. Pikachu. No, uh, Pikachu to... is supposed to be, people are saying he's the best character in Smash Ultimate, so who knows? Yeah, according to the tier list um, that has already come out. Uh, they're happy. They're happy. I know this. Let's let's uh, let's transition to that. But first, shout out to Must Be Hacks for uh, subbing. Thank you. 
think he must be Hex. Um, yeah, uh, Steve, what was your shtick on how the announcement of somebody retiring from FGC is directly proportional to how likely they are to come back? The, the bigger a deal you make about it, the more likely you are to return. And That's true. I think zero, that's like 100% true. Zero made a pretty big deal about retiring from Smash Wii U. And I guess that's still the case because he's not coming back for Smash Wii U. Uh, but he is coming back for Smash Ultimate. He got picked up by Tempo Storm. So he's now teammates with Axe and Alex Myers. Uh, so he, we're going to see him out at tournaments again. We're going to see him prepare for that big showdown with Sonic Fox, which he is going to destroy Sonic Fox in. I mean, what? I hope so, too. I don't want, and I've already talked about this, but I don't want Sonic Fox bleeding over into yet another game that's that different. Screw that. Smash gets its smashers. Zero still on top all day. John, did I see on eventhubs.com a official tier list for Smash Ultimate, courtesy of one Zero, Gonzalo Barrientos? Yeah, he dropped his tier. I mean, that's... What the hell's um, that? I think it's fine. But he's actually played the final version, though. Every character? It's not about that. Like, people are like, people get offended. What's it about? Okay, so people get offended when they read tier lists because they have weird connections to characters and they're like, oh man, like, he's going to be wrong about that one. Like, my character's going to be fucking good. Oh no, he's overrating my character. Now everyone's going to play him, et cetera, et cetera. He knows that this isn't, like, the exact right order of characters. It's just based on his opinion where he thinks things will line up. And frankly, exactly. Smash games are pretty similar to each other. It's very easy to tell, especially this one from Smash 4 where it's running, like, clearly the characters are very, very similar. It's not difficult to tell if a character is awful or if they're actually pretty good. Like, in history, I don't think a, we've been wrong about the worst character in a Smash game. Like, usually, like, we're like, yeah, that character's really fucking bad in I heard one Diddy's minute. top tier in uh, Ultimate. Probably is. We, we posted, Based on all the uh, tournament results. Yesterday, we posted a video from Zero about how Toon Link looks like he's going to be one of the best in the game. And both on Twitter and on like the Event Helps comments, people were like, why are you talking about tier lists beforehand? The game's not even out yet. Stop posting this trash. And it's like, it's, it's not about like a cut and dry understanding of which characters are going to be the best in the game and which are not. It's like, here's the information that we have thus far. We've seen footage of all the characters to at least to a certain extent. We've gotten to play a lot of them. If you're someone like Zero, here's what I think at this point, which is all tier lists are. Exactly. Even after the game comes out, it's like, okay, well, you shouldn't make a tier list on week one because you don't know everything about the characters. But if you're going by that, it's like there's there's some credence to that. But it's also, you know, you get to a certain point, it's like, okay, so is six months out far enough and you can make a tier list? And then, and then in five years when, when stuff changes again, it's like you're never going to know for sure where everything's at. The tier lists are more a social... Uh, uh, structure for, for conversation, a catalyst for conversation. People want to explore the current amount of knowledge they have about the game. That's all this is. Now, if someone's like, they should nerf this character based on a week of the game not even being out, that I understand is people being like, please, I haven't even gotten to play this character yet. Don't call for them to nerf him. Like, it's way too early to judge that. But if you're offended by someone else's tier list, that means you're taking it to heart in some way when you don't have to. Yeah. I'm very excited for the game regardless. So hey, am I. Hey, am did I, you hear I, the Piranha Plants in the game? Oh, my God. I actually, like, might 
try to play this more now. I, 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 it piques my interest more than any current actual fighting game right now. So they've done a great oh. job. I heard Prana Plan is S tier. Is that true? I hope so. S tier is his time. All right, uh, guys, so the, what people really wanted to talk about, and we'll be waiting, Steve, to discuss uh, this whole show, uh, is, of course, Justin Wong took Omen of Sorrows online and here are some of his matches. I thought it was pretty funny. I saw him tweet, like, an infinite combo, and then someone working on the game was like, this is how you escape that, and he was like, oh, wait, never mind, I'm wrong. That's an infinite. <laughs> <laughs> it looks fine. Um, it, okay, so... It's not a triple-A game. It's an indie game, but, and I think that this is the developer A1 Games' first title. It, it, you know, so it's like you don't your expectations aren't huge. And this is a horror fighting game with interesting characters because they're based off of you know a lot of horror icons. You your Frankenstein, your Doctor Jekyll, your werewolf, vampires, things like that. And so it's like, hey, it'll grab your interest. It's a little similar to Ki in that respect, especially because you see Caleb so much and he's so similar to Saberwolf. But it's it's intriguing. The backgrounds are pretty cool looking. The graphics are 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 passable. Um, and but the thing is, there's no gore. There's no blood at all. And it's like. You associate that kind of a thing with uh, with these kinds of characters because when you see them, that's such a part of the horror genre is using that gore and that you know blood and such to really emphasize the intensity, right? And so to see them all just like tossing each other around, beating the crap out of each other, but no blood coming out, even with the fatality like finishing moves, it's like nah, that that kind of takes away from it a little bit. Not maybe the best choice, um, but then again, it's like. It, it seems cool enough to grab your attention. I'd play it for a little while if it were around just to check it out. Meh, it's probably not going to replace Street Fighter V or, or, you know, Smash Bros. But it, it's worth a, it's worth an exploration, I would say. I'm really hoping for a chance to get into the game next week. Um, I, I was hoping to pick it up on launch, but my life has just kind of taken a couple turns. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I, I, I like what I've seen so far. And I hope that, you know, it continues to impress me when I actually get my hands into it. What was, onto it. Does anyone in the chat remember what this just reminds me of? Not, this is actually way more legit, but there was that weird horror fighting game, quote unquote, that like some Italian horror company was making that never ended up coming out. And it was like a total scam where they like released a demo. Someone will know what I was talking about, but there was this I, weird Italian horror fighting game, and there was like a thread on Shoryuken basically detailing all the weird mishaps involved with it. Hopefully, somebody in chat can let Death us know what the hell you're talking about. Death Cargo! <laughs> Death Cargo! Yeah, Death Cargo is amazing. I'm Death Cargo the is the right game now. that I've always wanted, but that yeah. never happened. But I love Death Cargo. So. It actually did come out. It came it, out. It, it came out in some weird form. According to a Kotsaku article from last August. God, I love Death Cargo. Let's see if I can. Oh, that was with the video. real live action animation. Yeah, and it was live like action and they couldn't the switch sides. And it was actually like extremely creepy looking. Oh my God. Yeah, it's, it, it makes you want to take a shower after you watch it. But yeah, I, there, there are YouTube videos. We make jokes about it every like six months or something like that. It'll come up in the Event Hub's chat. And we'll just laugh at That's how that. crazy that. that, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm trying to find it, it but every video of it is like pulled off of YouTube. Well, you can, um, there is the oh, Kotaku article. I know what you're talking about. That's it. It has little yeah. clips on it. All right. Um, the Jolly Green Giant just like yeah. smashes your head. And stuff. <laughs> That's so. the one. That's the one. Okay. Uh, what's going on with this Dragon Ball Fighters Japan Saga tournament? 
So thing. Steve had uh, more specific info than I did. And then we'll uh, finish the show with some unplanned uh, segment on clinching situations, scenarios, yeah. if you will. So um, the other day on Juna's uh, stream, he was talking to Korean wrestling man, and they asked him if he was entering the Japan saga for uh, the Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour, and he said no because his controller was banned. He plays on sort of a hitbox esque box, uh, so that brought some attention to it, uh, and things just kind of exploded. Uh, they looked at the rules on the uh, Pro Tour, or not the Pro Tour website, but the. Uh, yeah, if you look at the Pro Tour uh, website, it says that all standard controllers are permitted. Uh, macro functions and wireless controllers other than DS4 are, are banned. If you look at the uh, rule for the Japan, the Japan event specifically, though, it says, quote, only arcade stick controllers and game pads officially licensed by PlayStation are allowed for use. Uh, with an asterisk, those with specific character decals cannot be used. This event will be conducted according to the Dragon Ball Fighter Z World Tour official league rule. However, regarding the carry-in of the controller, we, we add the above rule. Please note. So a bunch of people are fearing that their modified controllers, their hitboxes, anything like that is banned uh, from the event. It's not 100% clear whether that's the case, whether it's a miscommunication because uh, what they say with decals makes it seem like it's only certain designs that are banned because of licensing or whatever. It, it, it's just sort of a mess right so now. So it's pretty plainly just some liability lawyer shit that's like designed so that no one gets in trouble. In the short term, I think it's very unlikely this gets enforced in any meaningful way. And I wouldn't worry about anyone not being able to play in this tournament because of it. However, the worry is that, like, as esports becomes bigger, are we going to have to forfeit using controllers that aren't officially licensed? And that is a question that is very difficult to answer based on this. But no I can tell you that this is just like Toei or Bandai or someone writing something that someone told them to write. All right. Uh, anything else to mention from there? But I'm sure they'll let Korean Wrestling Man play on a hitbox. It would be very strange. Like it would well, be, it would be a real blow up if you can't. Well, uh, Hitbox actually reached out. Uh, they went on Twitter and they said that uh, they're disappointed by things. They said, uh, "Quote: We're disappointed to hear of this event-specific rule set. Uh, we have world-class DBFC players who have already booked their tickets, competing in other events that did not allow that did allow for all controllers, only to." to find that they'll effectively be disqualified from this part of the circuit. It, the concern is legality, as is stated in the rule. We are more than willing to do a comprehensive breakdown of how Hitbox Arcade controllers are in complete compliance with any competitive environment. We can also adapt as necessary to any concern by the tournament organizers. My big concern isn't necessarily that Hitboxes are banned or not banned or whatever. My big concern is A... This is coming up so late in the game. We're only like two weeks out from this event. And B, that it is a rule that somehow only applies to this event and not any others. 
why is this happening so late with such little fanfare until the very end? Some lawyer. Nah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's got to be it. It, it. It's just frustrating to see this. All right. Um, should still be a fun event to watch. Uh, but, on. yeah, if he can't enter, that would be really bad. Hopefully that gets worked out. So uh, moving on, we're just going to get a taste of Death Cargo. <laughs> Check oh, sick. this I'm so, I'm so Let me fast forward a little Did bit Did you get a here. fatality? No, so like, fatality. here's the thing about this game is it doesn't really look weird. There was a lot of talk, like, basically this company promised, like, so many different things, and, like, you had to buy the game, and you ended up getting it on, like, not even an actual, like, DVD disc, but, like, a CD that, like, downloaded the background files onto your computer. Zoning looks sick it in It was game. insanely <laughs> fucked up, like... <laughs> And they, they avoided corresponding to people. They sent cease and desists. Like, if you can find the Shoryuken thread, there's a lot of goofy history behind this game. And frankly, it's my favorite fighting game ever. <laughs> Let me see if I can... What are they hitting each other with? Well, they also can't cross both. each other up. Like, oh, you can now. Like, they fixed it. I don't know. Whatever. This is newer no, footage than I've ever seen. Let me see if I can now. find that green monster guy. Here we go. Find a fatality. Because it's a little cutscene that they actually filmed with live-action actors. Is Leech? And then it's like... like Leech is really sick. I think Leech is <laughs> my main. He's top tier. Did you see that shoulder? I like Leech. Dash? I wonder. Okay, I'm gonna fast forward and see if we can find. I'm trying to find the uh, fatality. Yo, did you guys? Oh, like you have to find a Super Nintendo controller. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, is that plasma on the right? That is plasma, plasma on the right. But then, but then Malcolm shoots three thousand fireballs, makes, puts Guile to shame. God. Yeah, I want to see a fatality. Look at that slow moving fireball, though. Is there a fatality in this video? Forward. I don't know. I don't know. Fast forward. All right, enough of that. No, what we're actually going to talk about Death Cargo. Is, it it uh, reminds me of, like, it, it's got that obvious old Mortal Kombat feel, which is a nice segue to mention the IPS finals that are happening today. Yeah. What see, about those? I, uh,. So, yeah, if you're not used to world championship fighting games uh, being decided on the Tuesday, we've got a fighting game world championship being decided on the Tuesday. Uh, the IPS finals are going on in Chicago. Uh, the, the 16 have already been trimmed down to four. Uh, so you've got Rewind versus Sonic Fox on winner's side and Scar, <laughs> our guest, uh, taking on some meat. Dude, I've been cracking up at Scar because he's just been nothing but tweeting about how he's been playing Red Dead Redemption and nothing else. I was almost concerned. I was like, dude, is this guy like in a slump? He got dropped by Echo Fox. He's just like doesn't care anymore. He's playing Red Dead. But then he, he's uh, uh, quit, uh, tweet quoting, I think it was Honeybee, who was like, man, it seems like the harder I try, the, the worse I do at tournaments. And he's like, you should have been playing Red Dead. And I think it's hilarious that he's still in. He, he's been saying that this is sort of like his last event for a while, Scar has. You know, mm -hmm. talking about, you know, maybe not retiring from the FGC, but taking a step back. So it's sort of like a guy on his last day at work. He just don't care anymore. <laughs> and he's just, and it's working out for him. He's, he's top four. Uh, so <laughs> Incross that will, says that Red Dead Redemption 2 pro player in the top four, that's how Dead Injustice is. God. Uh, so that will uh, that top four will be on twitch.tv slash netherrealm at the top of the hour. Uh, it will also air on Disney XD and I believe ESPN2, although I'm not sure if that's going to be live that, or that's later. That's what Sonic Fox was saying, that he can't wait for everybody on Disney and ESPN2 to watch him, to see him in his 
uh, fursuit. There's going to be a, a lot of, for that game. Uh, there's going to be a lot of kids asking their parents questions that they weren't expecting to have to answer. <laughs> um, or they'll just assume it's like, you know, you go to Disney World, you see like, you know, Goofy, he's dressed up. They're like, oh, Disney is like getting into the actor. They have a sponsored player in there. I don't know. Whatever. I'm, I'm being corrected. It's ESPN3. So the online. It's not uh, ESPN8, ESPN the Ocho. Um, okay. Steve, again, I hate to put you on the spot, um, but you're known as the guy that knows everything, even when you're not prepared. So please put your encyclopedic knowledge to use. I have some clinching scenarios that I want you to uh, rapid fire walk me through. Maybe not rapid fire. We got about 14 minutes left. So, Steve, how does Momochi make it in to Capcom Cup? Well, let's take a look at the uh, global standings if we could, just to give everybody a refresher. So, if you remember, top 26 qualify uh, as well as MenRD, and then it's it's four players through the regional final. If they're outside the top 26, they qualify directly. If they're inside the top 26, then their spot goes to the top player from that region. So we know that Gachi-kun is going to be in the top 26. That's guaranteed. And he won the Asia regional final. So the So there will be an extra spot for the top Asian player below that cut line right there. And that makes things a little interesting. Uh, let's also take a look at uh, who's going. Uh, this is directly from my spreadsheet that I use to track this. Uh, the names in yellow were players who had confirmed uh, on Smash.GG that they were attending. Obviously, Chris T., uh, that has come up very lately that he it looks like he will not be there. But the big takeaway here is look at the players right around the bubble who are going, pretty much everybody, and then look at the big gap between uh, GamerB and then Toy. Over 200 points difference. All of these guys down below that are going, they don't really have any paths into the Capcom Cup field for the most part, except for winning the Open Premiere. There's a couple of exceptions, but they are so far back that they have to either get first or second almost exclusively. And in a lot of cases... How many points do you get for third? Uh, for a Premiere, 200. Uh, second place, 270. And then winning is 700. How many so is fourth? Toy, fourth is 160. So like so, so like cool kid could get like fourth past toy and then make it in if Justin won and Chris T didn't get knocked out I guess stuff like that yeah yeah there there's still paths for some of these guys like CJ Truth and Smug uh, and <clears throat> to get in but it they're unlikely a lot of people be out of their hands so uh, are you ready to take us through some uh, clinching scenarios? I don't know. I don't really have all of this prepared, but I can try. All right. Why don't we go ahead and start with Momochi, who is now currently the highest uh, points-wise ranked player that is not sponsored. Uh, yeah. Nice. Let me see if I've got something for him. Yep, I've got something for him. <laughs> so <laughs> Momochi, it, it takes a. He, there's a very, very narrow road 
that keeps him out. Uh, he, it would be almost impossible for him to get knocked out. Um, and if Chris T ends up not going, he is, he will get in no matter what. So, but he, he makes top, he makes top 24, nothing else matters. He gets in, um, most of these scenarios are it, it very specific, like Storm Kubo has to finish second, and Nemo has to finish third, and Christie has to finish fourth, exactly. And one of these guys, like John Takaguchi and Cool Kid or Smug, has to win. So Momochi made it, is what you're telling us, basically. Pretty much. All right. Okay, well, what about a player like Punk? Punk is still, you know, he's not all the way in yet. Uh, he can he can take the drama out of it by making top eight. Uh, if he doesn't make top eight, he can still get in if uh, a few of the players around him bow out before top eight. So, uh, like, Itazan's a guy he's got to wa- watch for. Storm Kubo a little farther back, but Nemo... Uh, Gamer B, if those guys make top three, top four, he might be in trouble. If not, he's probably okay. I'm going to translate if, this one. Uh, punk, punk's in too. More or less. You know, if, if he has a bad weekend and the other guys have a good weekend, he might be in trouble. Even if that happens, as long as he's the top American player, if he gets knocked out of the top 28 or top 27, uh, he, he'll still have a good chance, but that would require either Knuckledoo or Justin to come through in the finals. Now, Steve, how does Itabashi Zangief qualify? Itabashi, um, even though he's behind Punk, because of that guaranteed extra spot for the Asian uh, Asia players, he's actually got a little simpler path. So if he gets top six, he's in no matter what. Um, outside of that... He's got to make sure that some of his rivals finish outside the top eight. So if Nemo doesn't make top eight, he's good. Uh, Storm Kubo, if he makes top eight on the loser side and, and win, loses right away, he's good. Gamer B doesn't make grand finals, he's good. So he, Itabashi's the, in. That's my translation. Sure. <laughs> Especially because Christie isn't going. So if Chris T actually doesn't go, I mean, then literally just the second Gamer B gets ranked out, or if anyone who's ranked wins, he goes. I mean, yeah, he's going to make it. Yeah. So it's so he's in good shape. Now, Steve, what would be the clinching scenario for Valoran? Valoran is a little tricky because he, as of right now, is not going okay. to the regional finals. So he is at risk. Uh, if Chris T's not there, then he only has to worry about uh, Nemo, Storm Kubo, and Gamer B. And then that, so if they bow out before top eight, he's in. If a couple of them make it, he could be in trouble. So this one seems extremely likely, but it's probably the first one that's not guaranteed. But seems I'll, I'll give it over ninety percent. So, yeah. Steve, just so people who are watching, uh, who are, um, you know, reading your graphics here that you uh, prepared uh, instantaneously as I asked you, um, do all of these things need to happen or one of these things needs to happen? He says in, Verlo- yeah. in Verloren's case, it's at least three. Copy that. So, okay. so if Chris T makes top eight, but then Nemo and Storm Kubo don't, or, or yeah, if Chris T just shows up and then Gamer B uh, finishes fourth, he's still in. 
because he checked it three of those boxes. The major ones to look at here to me are like the winner isn't ranked between 31st and 74th. That seems like a condition that is likely to fill in all of these situations. Not guaranteed to fill, but how many times has a person outside of the top 31 won a premier event? It hasn't happened. It has not happened. It's just it has it's not so happened, right? extremely unlikely. It, with the exception of the regional finals this year. Right. Um, in Europe and Asia. Or, excuse me, Europe and Latin America. Now, Steve, we heard, uh, we read earlier a tweet from Chris T uh, delineating some of the ways that he sees himself making it in. But why don't you go ahead and tell us, how does Chris T make it into Capcom Cup? Well, he, if he was there and he got grand finals, he'd be in no matter what else happens. Um, if he's not there, then he's got a couple things to worry about. Um, the first one is going to be uh, the other players finishing. And this one, in this situation, all four of those things need to happen. So Nemo has to finish outside the top 16, and Storm Kubo has to not make top eight, and Gamer B has to not make top six. So those first or two th situations top. seem really much harder to fulfill, right? Because, I mean, Nemo's been doing well. Kubo's been doing well. Those could those could fulfill for sure. Yeah. I mean, there, are, there aren't a ton of players signed up. Last I checked, it was right a little under 100. Uh, but it's going to be all killer, no filler. So you'll, you'll see some big names drown in pools because there's, there's not much much fat to cut what he the more likely path for him if you could pull that back up is going to be getting that drop down spot and that requires punk to not drop out of top 26 so if punk has a weak weekend and if he's one of those guys that drowns in pools he better hope that all of those other guys right around the bubble drown in pools too and then if even if punk doesn't drop out he needs like toy or one of the other people not to win right right so it's not i mean obviously like i said before in any tournament like that where you include justin and knuckle do and punk in an eight person field you would take those three over the rest of the field but in a situation like this this is that is not a guarantee steve how does nemo make it into capcom cup well nemo can uh, he can do it by himself if he makes top three. Um, outside of that, outside of that, uh, if he, uh, he he's in a spot where that extra spot helps. So that extra Asia spot helps. So if Gamer B doesn't make top eight, and Storm Kubo doesn't make uh, top sixteen, that would be the tougher one. But that would mean that no other Asian player can pass him for that top spot because right now. He's 27th, so he's the he's the first Asian player qualifier to underneath the cut line as of right now. So he would get Gachikun's spot. He just has to worry about those those two guys and John Takeuchi, who can only pass him by winning. Speaking of other, this Asian one's players, really on him. Like I feel like it's going to require. I don't think Storm Kubo getting below 17th seems that likely. So he's going to have to do some work, I think. And there are other uh, scenarios. This is not an exhaustive yeah. list, but this is just the simplest path. Now, the chat's talking about it. I assume this includes infiltration being in Capcom Cup, all as of statistics. Right, yes, as of right now, um, he's still, he hasn't been 
there there's been no public ruling on that as of yet so all of these are assuming that he is still in if he drops out that moves the global qualification line down one and that makes it easier for someone like gamer b to get in because right now he's the third asian player out and it would basically guarantee someone like chris t getting in i assume chris yeah chris t well you know, depending on if Gamer B and Storm Kubo have strong weekends, he might, he still could be at risk. Yeah, okay, fair enough. All right. Speaking of those Asian players, you've got three other Asian players in the field who have any sort of shot. Storm Kubo, as of right now, he has to finish at least, he has to at least make top eight to have any chance of, uh, or top 12, excuse me, to pass neat have any shot of passing Nemo for that drop-down spot. Uh, Gamer B... Or he needs Nemo to qualify not in a drop-down spot, right? Well, if... Yeah. Yeah, if Nemo drops up and someone like Itabashi doesn't drop down, okay. that's good for him. Uh, Gamer B, he's got a couple people he has to pass, so he has to get top 12 at least. Uh, again, assuming infiltration's there. Um, and then John Takeuchi... He's he's one of those players in that group that's cut down, cut off. So he's so far back that second place is not going to be enough. He has to win. All right, that's pretty awesome, and, Steve. Especially considering you weren't prepared for this. Yeah, and then you've got the American players. I don't have a graphic for this because I wasn't able to prepare all of them in this during the show. Uh, but I mean, you have a bunch of players uh, behind Toy for that drop down spot. Uh, but there's still a good ways back. I mean, Cool Kid is about 90 points behind Toy. CJ Truth is 110 back approximately. Smug is 130 back or 120 back. So those guys need to make top, you know, top five to have any sort of shot in the open premiere. And they need top five to get- and Chris T to stay in the top and Punk to stay in the top. And for Justin or Do or Punk to then win the finals, so yeah, it's a tough road. Right, and the, the other thing is like Smug, CJ, and uh, Toy. Toy is in the the Regional the uh, North American finals. Smug and uh, CJ can play their way in. Cool Kid, all of his points came from Evo. He only has one regional point. There's no way for him to get into the regional final without winning the open premiere so he has to you know if 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 that drop down spot doesn't come work out for him he has to win thanks steve thank you so much for that uh exhaustive breakdown that was very good um any final thoughts guys we're about ready to wrap it up there will be no ultra chin tonight uh because if i'm not mistaken ultra david is commentating live on espn3 and Disney Channel, the Injustice yeah. Pro Series finale, top four coming at you in about 30 minutes. Um, and there's also no Capcom Connect? There is no Capcom Connect next, this week. Uh, they're returning next week. So this is it. The, the, this is the best we got for you if you want some FGC talk. Hashtag Kaka. Um, John, what are you writing on Event Hubs? What's coming up for you? Um... Well, I've actually been working on a piece where we talk about uh, kind of one of the reasons I think that people don't stick with fighting games, and it's mm. because they don't get a um, 
a fundamental lesson in, in things. People skip too far forward to uh, special moves and combos. They don't learn the, the basics. So um, that's coming out a little bit later today. That's what I'm focusing on. Cool. Looking forward to it. Steve, are you done writing or what you got, what are you cooking on? Obviously. Uh, we are, I am actually working on a brief overview of the players in the Tech World Tour finals. So you'll be able to uh, find that over the coming weeks at techworldtour.com. Uh, that will be in the lead up to the finals the first weekend of December. Mike, how's uh, law school coming? Got finals in about a month. Yeah, pretty big deal. So well, you have a you have a nice house to study in. I mean, you've got an atrium, you've got a sauna. That's not my house. That's the the school. <laughs> I I live in a one bedroom so apartment. You go with to no a sauna and no atrium that has a sauna and an atrium. Well, they have a sauna in the gym. It's it's like the one of the largest public schools in the country, like sixty thousand students. So I chose the wrong line of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should have been a student, a law student at uh, <laughs> at UT. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you very much for watching. This has been Best of Five, a weekly FTC podcast. Thank you, everybody who followed. Thank you for everybody who subbed. Um, obligatory thank you to Die by Sword, who is our official patron, uh, <laughs> the, the patron saint of subs for Best of Five. Shouts to Alon for switching the show. I'm Efren, Mike, Steve, John. We'll see y'all next week. Love you, Miss Five. Good night, Canada.